0: What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Sports. I'm okay, Davis here with you. On this episode, we're gonna talk NBA free agency, Wimbledon. Which I failed you. I failed you. Didn't do a preview before it started. I'm still watching. I got my thoughts on who will win and who will lose. The ACC going back to its biggies days, at least for football right now. I have some thoughts on that. And if I like the rivalries that they've come up with. Not quite sure. In my quest to see Shohei Otani and catch a little baseball in general. Crossing my fingers about a certain game coming up. But first, I'm going to start with NBA free agency. Some players opt in. Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving are the headlines of the opting in. And the players opting out, James Harden. And as it hurts my heart. Bradley Beal. There's also two trades to talk about as well. One with the Washington Wizards and one without. But NBA free agency starts today. And this, in my mind, could shape the landscape of the NBA. This is as I was thinking about it, probably the first time in a long time that you've had at least four big names that could change the makeup of their teams. Maybe they stay put. But if they were to all to leave in some shape or fashion, either just outright the fact that James Harden and Bradley Beal are both free agents and they can sign new deals with their team, Beal getting that, potentially Supermax that would pay him close to $60 million on the last year of the deal if he resigns with the Wizards for five years, or in some sort of a sign-and-trade with Russell Westbrook opting in at $47 million. Kyrie Irving opting in at $37 million. John Wall taking a small buyout but still getting that money in what is rumored to be his move to the LA Clippers, which I'm so happy for him. So happy for him. But to think that three former Washington Wizards, well, one is a current one, but it'll be a free agent, playing a role, a big-time role in free agency in Russell Westbrook, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. They could all change the landscape of the NBA. Now, the Washington Wizards, as it relates to where I'm coming from, Bradley Beal declined his $36.4 million player option to become an unrestricted free agent. I mean, why not? He's got bird rights because he's played his entire 10 years with the Wizards. He can sign a five-year max contract if he wants to stay in Washington or sign the four-year to go elsewhere. And if I'm Bradley Beal who's just under 30, coming off of a season-ending wrist surgery. He's been a three-time all-star. It hurts my heart to say it, but considering after 10 years, I'm like, uh, I'm good on money. I think I go elsewhere. I think I signed the four-year max contract. The reason why I do that is because not only can I write my own ticket, which there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee that you will win a championship. That is true. But after 10 years, and for Bradley Beal, I'm like, hey, I I want to win an NBA championship. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And you know where I go? If I'm looking at the landscape of the teams, there are definitely a few options. But I think in my mind, I might go to the Atlantic, to Brooklyn, and play with KD. Maybe Kyrie, maybe not Kyrie. I would maybe even give Toronto a good look. I don't know if that can happen, but I may give them a good look. The 76ers with Harden, Beal, and Embiid. But I know that Harden opted out too. But as a good colleague talked to me about like, hey, yeah, in Philly, they may have some extra money to play with. You notice the the story that he brought to my attention. I'm not going to out him, but I'm definitely going to say I'm not taking full credit for it. But there's talk of fanatics with the fanatics owner opting out of his ownership in the 76ers. Michael Rubin selling a stake because maybe, and I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to say it's true, but it reminded me of like Manchester City when they got in trouble. For the way they were able to move money around to pay players. But if the Fanatics CEO is not an owner in the Sixers, but he could be like, oh, yo, yeah, James, I'm assigned you to a $100 million deal with the Fanatics. Then the Sixers can be like, okay, so if you do that, maybe we could go in for like, you know, 30 mil a year because you're getting 20 from Fanatics so you can stay in Philly, right? I mean, we're talking NIL in the NBA and maybe that'll go to the NFL and NHL and MLB when they realize, wait a minute, eh, we may be on to something here. That's scary. But back to my point, if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm like, I'm out. I want to win a ring. I want to win a ring. And either of those three teams give you an opportunity to. The Hawks could have maybe been in. But I feel like with Trey Young, it's like, nah that's Ice Trays team. I'm good off of that. They're trading for DeJounte Murray. Which is a good deal. But I don't know what San Antonio. I guess San Antonio is just going to retool completely. I don't know if Charlotte would work. I'd say maybe the Heat could work, but I don't know what Jimmy Butler. And I just don't know if I consider a team out West. You know, I was thinking in my head, which is crazy, with Wall going to the Clippers, could you imagine Wall, Beal, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard going small ball? Man. And I know I shouldn't say I don't shouldn't say Wall as in he'll definitely be starting because Reggie Jackson is a starting point guard but like uh that's that's a really good team maybe the Denver Nuggets I know they're getting Jamal Murray back they're getting Michael Porter Jr back they obviously got Nikola Jokic Minnesota Timberwolves are a young and upstart team but maybe when you you got Carl Anthony Towns. Because I I know, I'm like, I'm thinking about the fact that, like, if you don't go small ball, like, you want a quality big man. And Carl Anthony Towns is definitely one of those big men. You got Anthony Edwards. Maybe. Maybe that could be a thing. But if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm going to move on. I mean, I, would, I I just feel like I'd consider it. D'Angelo Russell is your point guard. I mean, it's not bad if you want to go out west, but I think i stay in the east. I think I'd stay in the east, and if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm out. You're James Harden, I mean, his numbers are down, maybe he's just willing to take less money anyway. There are a lot of options, and I'm sure a lot of teams that would like James Harden. And if James Harden does decide, hey, I'm I'm actually going to leave, that's even more reason to be like, yo, Brad, you want to come over here? But I doubt he's leaving. He wants to stay in Philly, as all reports indicate. Because here's the thing. Think about the headline. James Harden declines option, right? As the Sixers and Harden look to work out a new deal. You don't have that headline with Bradley Beal. just like, yeah, he didn't sign his player option. That's pretty much it. Like, yep, I'm done. I know I've talked many times about Chasing a championship, in this case, I say, I don't know about that. I mean, he's given him 10 years. This isn't a player like on the tail end of his career just signing or like, you know, a league minimum and hoping to win a championship. But if I'm Bradley Beal, I take it. Free agency starts today at 6 p.m. Zach Levine, Jalen Brunson, DeAndre Ayton. They've got a opportunity to make some moves, whether they stay with the Bulls, Mavs, and Suns, their respective teams. You got John Morant and Zion Williamson. Will they both get their max deals? I mean, the sad thing is Memphis, yeah. I'm sure they're like, yep, John Morant, you're, you're, you're done. We're signing you to a max deal. The Pelicans probably would be like, "Uh, maybe. But no, you have to with Zion. Because if he comes back from the broken foot and you let him go, well, I don't know. And if you don't sign him ahead of time, then Zion may say, no, I'm good. I don't want to stay. I'm not happy with you. And that would be unfortunate. There have also been trades, as I mentioned. One, again, going back to the Washington Wizards. They're finalizing a trade to get Will Barton and Monte Morris from the Nuggets for Contavious, Caldwell, Pope, KCP, and Ish Smith. Ish Smith possibly playing for his 13th team NBA record. That's a good deal for the Washington Wizards. A very good deal. West Sunsell Jr. gets two players that he knows well, probably really liked, and Will Barton and Monte Morris, who can help the Wizards. KCP had one rough year with the Wizards, and this Smith is, you know, a journeyman point guard, serviceable point guard. Here's my issue with the Washington Wizards. They continue to make moves just to make moves. Nothing in this says, Bradley Beal, you should stay. Because every year, it's new players trying to make it work, throwing. You know, it's like spaghetti. Tommy Shepard's got the pasta in the water. When it's boiling, which could be a bad thing, not necessarily a good thing, like it's cooked. No, it could be like, you're cooked. You're not making the playoffs. You're not doing nothing. He pulls that pasta out of the pot, just throws at the wall. If it sticks, okay, maybe we get... Sixth seed in the playoffs, and we're out in the first round. And I'm like, see, we did something good. Then you you throw it all away and start over. Like, no, it just doesn't. Nothing is working in Washington. Nothing. Every year, you're bringing in a new player, Chris Porzingis and Will Barton and Monte Morris, and you're hoping it all comes together. And now Bradley Beal's like, another year? Where I got three of my star players are new and I got to try to learn how to play with them again and again and again. I don't know if Ted Leonsis will understand ever that this is like, nah, dude, y'all are y'all just making fun of me now. Y'all are just doing stuff just to be like, see, we're active, but we're just going to still be a 500 ball club, maybe lower Maybe we do something good, maybe. And it isn't that Washington doesn't have a big man, which I like in Chris Tappersing. It's not because I like him as a big man, but just, you know, he's on the upper echelon of the big men in the NBA. Not top five, maybe not even top 10, maybe top 10. But he's injury prone too. I also understand from the front office side, well, you did make a deal, but this is also like making a deal with your friend, like Tommy and Tim, who's the GM in Denver, Tim Connolly and Tommy Shepard, they know each other, they used to work together, so it's just like, hey, we're just making moves among friends. I don't even know if he's got that much juice in the NBA to make real moves. All he can do is lean on his friends, like, yo, you trying to make a trade with me? With the Lakers and getting Russell Westbrook, that was LeBron James saying, I want Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was like, I don't want to be in this franchise. Get me out of here. He saw the writing on the wall. This isn't a good team. I'm out. I don't want to be here. They can't win. I'm sure a lot of other things he talked about. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie was talking poorly about the team when he left. Davis Bertans was talking bad about the team when they both went to Dallas. Every year this team is making changes. It's not good. It's not a stable franchise. And if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm out. I'm out. The Knicks traded Nerlens Noel and Alex Burks. They're talking about they're trying to clear salary space to get Jalen Brunson, I'm good with that. I mean, if I'm Jalen Brunson and I look at the Dallas Mavericks, which is the thing for me, if I'm a point guard and there's Luka on the team or Ice Trey or Steph Curry, John Morant, I don't want to play on that team because I'm not going to have the ball in my hands. Fred Van Vliet, when he was signed with Toronto, was like, okay, yeah, Kyle is out. Kyle Lowry's, okay, I'll sign. It's gonna be my team now. Okay, I'm good. Jalen Brunson wants to make a name for himself. So I see him definitely signing elsewhere. Maybe it's with the Knicks. Talking about a a contract over $100 million. Maybe he's like, yeah, I'm good with that. But there's definitely no doubt in my mind. If I'm Jalen Brunson, like I don't want to play for the Mavericks, that's Lucas team. I'm, I I don't fit really in this equation. I don't even know if he necessarily had a great playoff run this past year. They did upset the Suns, which was a big deal. But I recognize that in many ways, I'm just like, Jalen's like, nah, I need to put myself on the team. That's what I need to do. And I agree with that. Russell Westbrook exercising his option. I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what that means for Lays. I don't know if that makes him better. I think if there was an option to do a sign and trade with Kyrie, I'd probably take that if I'm LeBron. There is some continuity there. Granted, LeBron isn't the same player anymore, but neither is Kyrie. Kyrie, who says people who think differently change the future. I don't know about that, dude. Not your future that way. You destroy the future of a team. Can we talk about that if you want to talk about changing the future? You destroy the Nets' future. They have no future unless they can get Bradley Beal. But I think if KD's the one guy they got there, he can't count on you. Nah, there is no future in Brooklyn. So if there was some kind of way to get Westbrook, In Brooklyn, which I feel like if I'm KD, I'm like, I I, this experiment of me going with former Thunder players doesn't work out either. But, I mean, I don't see it happening because Kyrie and KD are apparently very close. And when I think of two of the players who like to clap back on social media and have, you know, a different way of thinking, if you will, that's Kyrie and KD. They love going back on Twitter. Russell Westbrook actually does too. But I don't know. The three of them, Westbrook, Irving, and KD, behind uh, Draymond Green, I don't know if there are three players that don't go at it with media and fans more than the two of them. The three of them, excuse me. Maybe if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, okay, maybe there's something there. Maybe there is something there. But with the draft and what players, you know, what players were drafted, but what teams they went to, I, I just, you know, I I really like what Detroit is doing. They're a good young team. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what teams do with the draft because they had the draft. And the trade I talked about a while ago, Christian Wood to the Mavericks. That was another good deal for them. That was a really good deal for them. And DeJounte Murray going to the Hawks. Uh, maybe it's good. I don't think it will 100% work. I mean, Murray is a point guard. Trey Young is a point guard. I mean, I feel like there is like excitement about it, but I actually don't know if that will work. I really don't. And things are moving up fast. I feel like the draft happened quickly after NBA Finals. And then free agency started quickly after the draft. And then Summer League starts in July. I mean, the NBA is learning. You know, they they got a good system going with this offseason, I feel like. This is the first year I'm like, I like the rhythm. NBA is staying in the media conversation a lot more. It's a lot more. And I'm excited about it. What I don't know if I'm excited about is the story that came out that ACC, the ACC, says they will drop divisions from football, the schedule starting in 2023. Just one big lump sum of a league. Because there hasn't been balance in the current format. I don't know if this makes more balance. My alma mater, the University of Pittsburgh, are the reigning ACC champs in football. But 10 of the last titles were won by either Clemson or Florida State. Last team, other than those two teams, were Virginia Tech in 2010. The Big 12, Pac-12, have all eliminated divisions or plan to do so by 2023 and the Big Ten ACC still have power conferences. These permanent rivals are the part that I've just, I guess because the funny thing is that I look at it and I'm looking specifically at Pitt. Their permanent rivals are Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. That reminds me of the old Big East. But that was all basketball. So my mind really went to basketball when I was thinking about these Permanent rivals. I wish Georgetown was still in the, well, they are still in the Big East, but I wish they were in the ACC too. Then I feel like it would definitely be like, oh yeah, that's a basketball rivalry. But I don't know if these rivalries work for football. Boston Colleges is Miami, Pitt, and Syracuse. Clemson's is Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State. Florida State, says Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. Like, I'm just like, it sounds like you kind of made up these rivalries, but also tried to think about them somewhat geographically. And then I was like, but Florida State and Syracuse is a rival? I, I don't know. I know, it. hey, that's probably the toughest thing to decide who goes where. We'll see how it plays out. But I like it a little bit more for basketball than I do for football. It's all right for football, as ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said in the statement, quote, the future ACC football scheduling model provides significant enhancements for our schools and the conference, with the most important being our student-athletes having the opportunity to play every school both home and away over a four-year period, end quote. Starting in 2023, what will happen is the 14 teams will compete in a single division with a 3 five, 5 format in which each team gets three permanent rivals and five opponents that will alternate year to year. You know who's missing in all of this? The school I want to see join the ACC? Should have led with that. What team is missing from this ACC conference reshuffle, if you will? is the University of Notre Dame. Which unfortunately, it hurts my heart to say they probably will never join the ACC. I know the ACC is trying to hold on strong to Notre Dame because I'm sure the Big Ten is eyeing them. Like, hey, join the Big Ten. That's more like your conference, if you will, because it's, you know, middle America. I know that Notre Dame temporarily joined The ACC in 2020, which is the funny thing because they were just using the ACC and the ACC was like, yep, going ahead and use us all you want. But that's the team that's missing. And when the ACC can get Notre Dame to join the conference, I think then the conference will be complete. I love the ACC as it is. But if you can get Notre Dame Notre Dame to join football, I feel it will be complete because they do they are in an ACC in the other sports, just not the big one in football. So we'll see what happens there. Wimbledon. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that I just totally, I whiffed y'all. I'm not gonna deny that you know. Yeah, my pods have been a little sporadic. And this is the first time in two years, which isn't a lot, but that I miss doing a Grand Slam preview. Novak Djokovic is a favorite at minus 190, followed by Rafa Nadal at plus 450 on the men's side. This is weird. This is a weird field here. It doesn't include Russian and Belarusian players. So Wimbledon decided that no points will go towards the ATP Tour rankings. To me, it's a crapshoot who will win. I get Novak as a favorite. It's possibly his last chance to win a major this year. To think that he may not compete in the U.S. Open decides that, yeah, you know, uh, you're not vaccinated, so you're not playing, which they kind of already have. But the fact that there's an opportunity, possibly, that they may change that ruling, there's a chance. You know, with COVID cases going down, I doubt it, but I'm sure for him, he's thinking about it. But I could see a genesis, You know, maybe Denis Shapovalov winning. Maybe somebody you don't expect. Nah, it's going to be Novak. I'd be surprised if it isn't Novak. Maybe Sitsa pass at plus 1,400. Denis Shapovalov is at plus 4,000. I don't know. I imagine that Novak Djokovic, Novak's We'll win it all. I believe that. But if you're looking for some upsets, you know, there are a couple of matches you could look at. I haven't really done that in a while. Doing any uh, match games. Maybe I'll play one of those today. On the women's side. Iga at plus 140. Swiatek, I think I said that right, at plus 140. owns Jabor at plus 500. Petra Kvitova, plus 1100. Simona Halep, plus 1200. Corey, Coco Goff at plus 1200. That's, that's the name I'm looking at. As an upset. And plus 1,200 is not bad. I don't know if you can look at. Like Bianca Andreescu. Who had that great run. Last year. Nah. Harmony Tan. At plus 15,000. She hurt my heart. Upsetting Serena Williams. That was tough to watch. In three sets. Congrats to her. Can she make a run? Can a player you didn't expect to win Wimbledon actually win Wimbledon on the women's side? I like Corey Goff. But Iga Swiatek may be the... She may do it. I can see it. I can see it. So I, I don't like going chalk, but Novak and Iga to win Wimbledon. That I, I feel like that's it. Coco Golf as a sleeper on the women's side and Sitsapas as a sleeper on the men's side at plus 1,400. Those are my picks. Lastly, I picked a game. I finally picked a game to watch The California Angels, and the beauty of it is that I can do it at Camden Yards. Oriole Park at Camden Yards is where I will be. May watch either one game on Saturday or two games Saturday, Sunday. Don't think I'm going to squeeze in Friday. But I've got my Chris Davis Orioles throwback t-shirt ready to go. You know I buy my Davis shirts. I'm excited about the game. Shohei Otani showed out yesterday. Eleven strikeouts in the four to one win over the White Sox. That was my pick, by the way. My daily pick. I took the Angels at minus one and a half. They won four to one. And I think if I I I, I don't even want to look at it, but I'm actually going to look at. Uh, the rotation to see if, like, yes, Otani's good Because I want to see him pitch and bat. So I'm taking my son to the game. We're going to go to game. I'm meeting with some friends and family as well. They may bring their little ones. And we're going to watch the modern-day Babe Ruth play at Oriole Park in Camden Yards. Tomorrow I may actually go see the Marlins and the Nats play in D.C., Well, yeah, just so you know, it wasn't in Miami. Because I want to see Juan Soto. Haven't been to a Nats game this year. Want to go to one Nats game. And then head on up to Baltimore to catch an Orioles game. So I'm excited to see baseball, possibly two weekends in a row. I'm really falling in love with the club level, y'all. Yeah, the tickets are a little bit more, but like the concession stands are a little quieter. You need to cool off. You can go inside and cool off on a hot summer day. I'm kind of liking it. Because you can still go out and get the other food and bring it back. But then you can sit inside and watch the game for a half an hour, and then maybe you go back outside. Shohei Otani is a real deal, and I hope... I hope I'm able to see him pitch against the Baltimore Orioles. The thing I don't like about stadiums, I don't know if y'all, I collect tickets. I want a good quality paper ticket. Not digital, not a scan. I want a good quality paper ticket for this game. And I think I'm gonna have to go to customer service to get it, but that's my hope. That I get to see Shohei Ohtani, pitch and bat. That's the key. You got to go to a game where he does both. That's what you want to see. And hopefully I'll get to do that. Even if it's only for an inning or two. It'll be longer. It'll definitely be longer. But I am so excited for it. This is going to be a big deal For me, I've been thinking about this. If you listen to Just for Sport over the years, this is like, this is like, this is it. This is it. This is the game, the player that I want to see. And hopefully it'll come to fruition. I'll tell you about it when I get back. Next episode of Just for Sport. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over/under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under thirty seconds and win up to ten times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport and PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.